You're tuning into Majoring in the Minors Podcast. Join Mahi and Louie for the podcast you deserve, but not the one you need right now. It is what it is, but it isn't what you thought it won't be. All right, let's get straight into it. Uh, FHC Camps 2.0, Cardiff, you fit. It's going to be amazing. Uh, what are we going to do? I know. Woohoo! Damn. <laughs> let's start with you. <laughs> So I think the fact that we've now like expanded the day from being a five-hour day and taking it up to a whole seven hours, it's yeah. hey, it's going to be interesting seeing how long you can keep your magic at bay for. But um, <laughs> that's not a euphemism either. Um, but what we want to make sure of is that we are going to include far more than what we were able to do at uh, King's Gym. So we're going to be going through core and abs like we did last time but also then linking that in with how we can use the barbell as a tool to promote strength and hypertrophy across the whole system. Again, this is still a lower body focused day, but we will be going through the, once we've taken the information from core and abs, applying that to the squat, the hinge, the lunge and bridge. So the core foundations for any kind of lower body hypertrophy. Exactly. And also like one thing that we should mention is we have katie right we're bringing katie on board yeah fhc camps with katie obviously a british powerlifter so she's gonna have like yeah because i know we're gonna go through barbell movements as well i need to stop speaking so fast uh so it's really good to have katie there to just kind of bring her expertise to the table and like obviously she's been a coach for a while as well so we're super excited to have her i'm gonna like you know open it to katie let her take yeah, over. So I'm I'm so excited to be part of this. And I I just love the way that like obviously because I came to the first one, the way we were you were able to kind of allow people to have the insight into what they need to do in order to train themselves more efficiently, personally. And it's not just like a generic thing. It's not just here's a hamstring curl and here's how to kill your legs with it. Like it was more specific to that person. Um and then the fact that it like the pushing intensity as well. So output, so like training to failure and showing people what they can actually achieve. Because I know with my clients, I don't know if it's the same with you guys, people think that they can train to failure and then you take them to failure and they're like, oh crap. <laughs> now I know what failure is. Yeah, exactly. Like one of the things I always talk to my clients, like I always ask them, especially after the first session is like, have you ever trained with that intensity before? And 10 times out of 10, they're like, never. I've never pushed myself there. So it's always good to like know the difference of like when you need to work on technique and when you need to go like output and just like, you know, crank it up to a 100. And like Dan loves doing that. We know it both. <laughs> like I'm going through, <laughs> literally going through pictures of the first FHC camp and it's just like Dan smiling and laughing at other people's misery. It's just that. <laughs> Literally, it's all crying. Yeah. <laughs> Pray there's no really good hack squat, even though we both, all three of us, know that there is one. There is a good hack there's squat. There's a really bro. good hack squat. Yeah, we're just going to all cry on it. So I think as well, like, it's it's worth well, um, going through, like, what the three of us are going to be doing when we are actually down, down there at UFIT. So, Mahan, yeah. do you want to go through, like, what you'll be taking us through on the day? Yes, absolutely. So 
I will be taking over the, the anatomy section. Obviously, like the student is becoming the master. So I'll do the anatomy part, like uh, the, the lecture delivery. And then after that, uh, I'll be going through, uh, when we go through the barbell movements or uh, I'll be doing lunge and bridge. Uh, and then lastly, after the lunch break, I'll be taking you, everyone, well, people who listen to this and happen to be there, I'll take them through the glutes. So I'll be the new glute guy. Peach, peach, fire, fire. So kind of quite excited for that. <laughs> Casey? Um, so I will be taking people through the hinge movement with a barbell um, and then going on to hamstrings as well. Which then leaves me with uh, squat and quads, which may or may not end so well because the hack squat is definitely <laughs> my friend. Oh, yeah. You're going to get people through the hack squat. Oh, boy. Whoever is like, people are doomed. Now it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it will be fun. And as we discussed it, I guess, like I said this before as well, because both of you, like, you know, competitive powerlifters. So it's, I think it's really good that you guys are taking people through like the, the squat pattern and the hinge pattern because like that's literally two-thirds of the <laughs> main lifts of the competition and like what better like who better to teach it than people who have experience being on the platform and like you know actually going through those movements and also like it's even though that there's this concept there's this concept that squatting and deadlifting is just for powerlifters and actually they they are fantastic tools putting muscle on because as you'll learn when you go through FHT like there are two types of hypertrophy and one of them requires tension what better way to put tension on your body than with a big movement albeit maybe it's not quite as zoned in as say a hack squat or a leg extension but I guarantee you you will never see somebody that doesn't squat well and squat heavy not have considerable amounts of tissue on the body yeah exactly and I, I like the way you said it yeah like creating tension what better way to create tension than a lot of plates on the bar right but <laughs> and it, it becomes important because like if you want to create that tension like be like performing well and uh having good technique becomes important because as like the load goes up that margin for error goes like you know it gets smaller and smaller so that's why we want to go through like you know getting new people to actually teach the best technique that like obviously technique changes from person to person but we try to get people through like you know the basics of like finding the best technique for them and also like the good thing is that because we are a relatively small group we can spend a considerable amount of time working with you with these people individually to find them to their most optimum positions or as near as damn it you know we might not get it 100% perfect on the day, but we'll get near as damn it to where you need to be yeah. to get the most out of that movement. Exactly, yeah. Now, I had two questions for Katie, but she kind of answered the first one, like, as she was, like, <laughs> herself, but I'm still gonna, like, open it to her, because you attended the first one, obviously, you were supporting us, and, like, you know, as a good friend, you just, you attended it as a person who was, like, you know, uh, who got the first rendition of FHD camp. So I wanted to like kind of ask you like, uh, what were you, well, you said how your experience was, but I want you to tell me like from someone who learns what the experience is like, and then 
from someone who teaches. So like, you know, the difference between going from like someone who's attending the lecture and learning something and then to being the person who teaches people and like, what are you kind of excited or looking forward to? Yeah, so I think in the first one, it was actually a really good insight for me to see how, what we kind of know, how to, we can translate it into language that the people who are attending the course will understand and then be able to take away and implement. Because obviously language is really important in terms of how we portray words and we, how we want to get people to move. Um, so I think on the first one, it was really cool to kind of sit there and listen to you guys and kind of try and figure out if I was just kind of gem pop, like how would I interpret what you were saying? And I find it really helpful with like the slideshows that you did and you putting each other in positions and stuff. That was like the visual aspect of it really helps as well. Um, so for me now going into coaching, it's just knowing that insight in terms of how I can then translate um, like what I want to get people to do into like a better a better way, I guess, a more understandable way, if that makes sense. I could yeah. not go put my words in a sentence. Then. <laughs> <laughs> language, right? No, no, right. You're, you're yeah, absolutely language, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right because one thing that I felt like because we all train people, right? Like we train people and like we, we train them more of a one-to-one -one basis or even online. And it's a little bit different when you try to keep like a group engaged. Like that was the first things I like, that was one of the first things I learned when we did that. It was just like, you want everyone like to get like at least something out of this event, right? Cause you can't focus on one person. So like uh, you have like wider br like brush strokes in a sense, like you have to kind of make sure like you're not going very specific or like very targeted at one person, but also still giving enough information like for everyone to kind of get something out of it. So it's like going in and out, like being a personal trainer and then being a coach and personal trainer and coach, like you just have to kind of change that, like zoom in and zoom out, zoom in and zoom out. And that was a really interesting experience for me. What do you think, Dan? Like, did you have, feel the same way? Good question, right? He's just like... Yeah, you got me stumped. <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> You really have got me stumped there. Yeah. Like, what was your experience with that event? Like, what, like, if you want to say, like, the positive and negative of that experience, what would it be? So what it does do is it does just reaffirm how, you know, we are here to help people. And that's the idea of this, this sort of thing. Like, we are 100% here to help you guys get the best out of what we're doing. It's more, it's, for me personally, like it shows me I'm in the right place. Like this is what I want to do. This is how I want to help people. And I knew if I had this information 10 years ago when I started chucking dumbbells around at university, that was 10 years ago, not quite, but almost, <laughs> then it would have definitely helped me a lot then. Yeah. And if I can save somebody three or four years of going around in circles... I've done something constructive, but from... I think it's being, um, sorry, I was just going to say, it's like just allowing people to be more efficient in the gym because like it's the years of training, but also it's the time spent in the gym. Like I see some people in the gym twice a day, for, like hours upon end. And I'm like, you don't need to be there for that long if you're doing the right exercises correctly. Yeah. And 
also learning how to train actually hard enough. This is one yes, thing. Yes, he, he can't come in the second time. <laughs> okay. If you can walk after a low, after a proper leg day, you, you this hypertrophy focus. You've not done it right. Yeah. Like you should feel that in your bones later on in the same day. Maybe not in a painful way in your bones. Then you've probably gone a little bit too far, but you get the meaning. Yeah. It shouldn't be like, well, I can probably go around and go and do a second one. No. Go home and eat. Go home, eat, rest. So I'll never understand these programs that have 10 to 12 exercises. in. I guarantee I can achieve the same objective with three to four movements, and you definitely won't want to come back later. Yeah. I'm happy you said that, because I was going to literally talk a little bit about junk volume, like the idea of like... Uh, I think like those those programs become popular because people can't bring themselves close to failure, right? And they don't know where to bring themselves close to failure because, as we said, like with barbell movements, maybe technical proficiency, especially depending on the person's like uh, lifting age or training age, becomes very important. So then this person doesn't need to necessarily go very close to failure at the beginning on barbells, but then you can put them on a hack squat and like literally remind them who their Lord and Savior is, right? And just like push them to the limit. But people can't do that on barbells and then they don't know how to do that on like externally supported environment like leg press or hack squat as well. And they just keep adding exercises because they, they just need to feel like, you know, they're, they're prolonging that process of getting close to failure. So that, that's another goal of us. Like, first of all, teaching people like to pick the right exercises, to push enough through the right exercises and then you don't need more than like four or five exercises. There is no, there is no purpose to it. Like now you're just beating a dead horse. Also, there's this concept of that more is better. I see it all the time. Like, oh, well, I, I need to lose, um, uh, or, or in some cases, like less is better. Like I need to do more cardio because I'm not losing fat quick enough. I need to do more sets because I'm not tired enough yet. Or I need to do more exercise because I can still I can still move my arms. Maybe you just did those exercises better for you, or you did them harder. You probably get more out of it. And this and but also like learning when to push what and how much and how to push it as well. So whether it's going to be pushing heavier, harder reps, or is it going to be a drop set? Is it going to be? A rest pause is it going to be all this fun stuff that we'll teach you about this time around yeah exactly and speaking of that also like because i know katie has done this so i want to like point it towards her uh, later as well like also knowing when to kind of uh pull the brakes right like also knowing when too much is too much and like you know because uh, I don't care if you like you've done this and we've talked about this before, like, but sometimes you also have to just make a decision to like not go that far. And like, you know, when you kind of know what's good for you or what's not good for you. So like, uh, if you don't mind like talking about that experience a little bit of like, what makes you like, how do you decide when to push or when to kind of hold your cards back and like take a, maybe a couple of steps back? I guess that comes down to a lot of experience but also yeah. self-awareness um and understanding like the week as a whole as well i think managing fatigue over the week is something that is sometimes missed because everyone wants to go into every session 
trying to push as hard as they can, but they forget that they've got the rest of the week that they need to accomplish. So like if you go in on Monday and you have a really hard session, but you have so much fatigue and muscle soreness for the rest of the week, you're not actually going to perform well in the rest of your sessions. So that one session probably won't make up for the rest that you missed from those like two, three other sessions that you could have got some quality kind of exercise in. Um, but I think I always say like more isn't better if it's not managed because I think people don't want the responsibility of looking into what they're already doing and understanding that what they're already doing might it might be what they need to do but they're not just doing it correctly so they don't want that responsibility so they go looking elsewhere for another distraction or something that they think is like I don't know a shiny new toy and just like oh this is what the what the app is going to be but actually it, it's not it's just looking at what you're already doing and assessing why it isn't working yeah what do you think are the challenges with like recognizing those, that those steps I think probably understand understanding so like with FHT camps I think what I really like is that you we've put together like this um, anatomy of physiology section so you kind of understand why you're doing something and then once you start to have that bigger understanding you don't need to know like the complete ins and outs but if you have a, a base level of understanding you'll have a more a better a wider knowledge base I guess in making those decisions like you can you can pull knowledge from different areas to make a better, yeah, better decision. Exactly. And like different areas, like I love, because like we, all three of us agree on a bunch of stuff, but also all three of us come from different backgrounds that like we just kind of bring all of these different thought processes together and make it work. And that that's what it is. It's like not one system. It's the idea of the like, we all have different biases but like again it's about like making the best decision for the person and i think like people who come to this camp they're going to get like like a lot of bang out of their butt because it's you it's dan bringing uh, and i bringing like you know our experiences to the table here's the thing though is that all these systems all these different training systems all the ones that work they all have the same fundamental practices underneath them regardless of how they're displayed what we're going to do is we're going to dissect all that stuff, give you the fundamentals, and then show you how to apply that to you. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, even kind of explain, like, okay, these are the fundamentals, and, like, this thought process results in, like, a system like this. That thought process results in a system like that, right? And as you said, if you understand the basics, then the rest is just, like, you just choose a path, right? Yeah. And ultimately, the path that you end up down is the one you can stick to. Will they all get you to where you want to be? Most probably. That's whichever path you choose, it's up to you. Whatever you can stick to. Yeah, exactly. Like, good example of that is, uh, is it Snowdonia Mountain? Like, there's like four different paths to the top, and there's one of them that's like super yeah. difficult. But it's just like you need like proper uh, gears for it. So I, I, we're, prepare, we're preparing I, you. I did it this year. Did you? Oh, perfect. How was yeah. that? One of the scariest things I've ever done. Honestly, it's like a knife edge. And if you fall either side, like that's it. It's but the path, well, it isn't really a path. It's literally just like the it's like the tip of a rock. It's yeah, it was one of the scariest things I did, but you can always take the train up as well, because you can get the train up to the student. Yeah, I wasn't told that. I realized really that. there was a train at the end. Like I was I was full. There's a cafe at the top as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
but that's a good analogy of like there's so many different ways to get up there and the train is the easy way out and then you know what the in a, in a bodybuilding like in a hypertrophy sense tra train would be the easy way out and then like or like you know the shortcuts people take and then there is that path that is like the knife's edge and you have to really work hard and like stay consistent and like you know blood sweat and tears but eventually like you get to the top and the like you know your the recognition of the fact that you put in the work and you go where you want is like uh, uh it's a great feeling but uh, <laughs> i was trying to say there are different paths to the same goal you just want to pick one that suits you best yeah <laughs> sounds just like what where are you going with this one <laughs> listen this is a um, i have a question for you yes. go for it how how important do you feel like the core aspect of FHT camps is in translating it through into the other um, areas of what we're teaching? Uh, core as in like musculature core or like the core tenets yeah. of the... Oh, okay. So, <laughs> no, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to quote, uh, like, you know, every training is core training, in my opinion, right? Obviously, like with the biases that I have. So understanding and every time you put a bar on your shoulder, you know, to squat, if you have a bar in front of you, like as much as we want to think about lower body hypertrophy, the weight placement becomes very important. And like weight placement is always regulated by our trunk and torso. And that is pretty much core. So like all the forces that want to bend us forward and back sideways or rotate us, no matter what we want, we can get, we can't run away from that. And that's why I think we decided to put core into lower body hypertrophy. And even if we do an upper body hypertrophy, there's still going to be core in there because that's the, like, that is literally in my head, like the chess piece, like, you know, it's, it's the chess board itself. Like you have to set that up first and then put your pieces out and like play with them however you want. But if we don't have that chess board, we can't play the game. And that's your core. If you don't have, a good understanding of how core works and how you resist different forces, you won't get the best result out of your training when it comes to like, you know, lower body or upper body. Cause like machines can take you so far. We need to be able to create internal stability as much as we can. So that analogy made up for the Snyder one. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Nailed it. Thank you so much. This is this is one habit that I have that like so in in sorry this is just a random thought process but I'm gonna put it out there in Farsi my mom teaches Farsi literature and grammar at university level so the way I like we used to speak is very like correct and we use a lot of you know analogies and things like that so I've tried to bring that into the way I speak English. But obviously, I don't have as much mastery over this language. So sometimes when I come up with an analogy like that Snowden mountain, it just goes like it goes so wrong. But I don't give up. I still try to make up analogies. And some of them like the chessboard work and some of them just like, you know, it just falls off the cliff. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that would be like... Uh, the importance of core and like it was one of the first things we thought about like you know dan remembers like we were like we need to talk core even though if it's lower body we need to talk core because like a lot of people kind of when you talk you know like especially a lot of beginners when you ask them what core is they always point to their apps 
And you're like, no, like there's so much more here. Like there's so many nuances that can help you like improve your training. Uh, and like, you know, get the best out of your training that like, if you just like, and it takes five minutes, 10 minutes to go through it. Right. Like at least like the theory. And then like, we just, we will like tired. Uh, we were going to cover it in all the exercises. And I'm sure like even quads, like Dan's going to take you through anything quad related, but still your core will be there. Right, Dan? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that you can only express force if you can maintain a position and what's going to help you maintain a position. Cool. Attach a rib cage to your pelvis and vice versa. I think core is quite misunderstood, as you said. And I think, like, with getting people a better understanding, they're going to be able to train better as well. Because I get a lot of clients that are like, oh, can I just have some ab exercises because we're not training core? And I'm like, no, every exercise has the intention of training core. But I guess if people don't understand that either, they can't go in with the intention of ensuring that they are doing that. So I think that's why it's really important to teach it on the course as well. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm in the same boat as you. Like sometimes they come and ask me, like, can we have some core exercises? And I'm like, literally everything we did today was a core exercise. Your hamstring curl was a core exercise. Your front foot or rear foot elevated split squat was a core exercise. You just like standing talking to me. I'm trying to turn like, you know, get your core working. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. That was a very good question. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, with that, I think we've covered a lot of things. Like also, as people can listen to this, we always like, there's there's so many nuances. There are so many things that goes into into training. And we've tried to like, you know, create this, like, you know, this seven hour workshop that like we cover most of the stuff that people need to know. But then at the end, we're going to open to Q&A because there might be stuff that we also like, you know, we might not talk about like, you know, time always is against you. And like, sometimes you might lose track of time, not cover some areas as well as the others. And that's why we will encourage anyone who shows up to actually like, you know, at the end, uh, come forward and ask those questions. Because like, we love those. I think like, you no, know, as good as the course it, is it in itself. It's those questions, it's that step forward, you know, it's that like, again, that personal contact with whoever is in that room that can help like, you know, even like drive that point a little bit further. So definitely like people who are there come forward and ask you questions because like, that's what we all do. Like, every, like we all, we even talk to each other and we always like run ideas off of each other and ask each other questions because that's how you get better in this industry. Yeah, and I think like, the fact that it's small groups as well even though you've got the core tenets of what's actually being coached it can be um kind of curated into ensuring that it's for those individuals so every course i think will be different it'll have different elements because it'll have a different group of people so we can adapt it to those individuals and that's what's nice about having small groups as well yeah exactly and like i think dan and i always say like each time we do this it's going to be different because like we're always evolving as well. Like we're always learning. So like, I'm sure Katie, you feel the same way. Like even if we do this one in Cardiff, maybe if we do another one in a year's time, it'll be totally different. It'll be a different experience. Things have changed. Things have stayed the same. But as Dan mentioned earlier, some tenants of training will always be the same. Like you just have to like, it, it's always the same. It's just people try to, sometimes social media tries to like, you know, fool us by, painting the picture in a different way right 
reinventing yeah. the wheel. Yeah, pretending they're not even re. <coughs> Sorry, it's not even reinventing the wheel. They're just taking the same wheel, coloring it a different color, and then trying <laughs> to tell you it's a it's a different wheel. It's like no, no, it's, it's the same thing. Like just don't don't try to fool me. But yeah, but I think like we've covered like sort of what we're gonna do in the event. Um, it's gonna start at 10 a.m. and finish at 5 p.m. <laughs> I got it right. For anyone who doesn't know, I, I might have gotten this wrong the la- last time we did this. But yeah, uh, Cardiff, you fit. Uh, any closing thoughts or statements? There will be food. There, yes. there will definitely be food. <laughs> anybody that turns up, there will also be donuts as well. Yeah, I was going to say, there's going to be food, there's going to be donuts. I think we're more excited for the donuts than anything else, right? <laughs> They're good donuts. They're good donuts. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, I've been told it's the best donut. So I don't know. Like, I have high expectations. Yes, they are. Categorically. Perfect. Um, With that, like, also to the many people who listen to this podcast, if you guys want to, like, we start with Katie. Like, if if there are any plugins that you want to do, like, you know, your social media handles and stuff like that, I'll put it in the description. But also, it's good for you to say it as well. So you can find me on Instagram at Katie Louise Coaching. Um, I've also got a website, katielouisecoaching.uk. No code, just UK. Perfect. Dan? And you can find me at on Instagram at Strength underscore fitness. Uh, website is there, but just find me on Instagram. That's where I'll be. Yeah, I think we, we, nowadays we spend a lot of time on Instagram. <laughs> But yeah, with that, thank you listening to major. Thank you for listening to Majoring in the Minus, and thank you Katie and Dan for being on this episode. We are looking forward to doing FHC camps, twenty seventh of November in Cardiff. We'll see you there.